It hadn't been possible. The link between their families was complex. Not only were their parents best of friends, but their grandparents and great-grandparents had been as well. Ties dated back to the turn of the century, when Diander's great-grandfather, Malcolm Casey, had teamed up with Greg's great-grandfather, Henry York, to open a small general store. That general store had grown into a small department store, which had grown into a larger department store, which had grown into two, then three, then more. K-Corp had evolved, and the posh chain known as Casey and York, with branches in the most select and sophisticated of cities, rivaled none. Within K-Corp, though, there were rivals galore. Each of the seven stores was run by a Casey or a York. And while much good-natured competitive banter flew between them, all banter stopped with the appearance of the annual report. Bartholomew York, chairman of the board and patriarch of the families, read the report cover to cover. He noted how successful each branch was, and if one wasn't performing up to par, he wanted to know why. No one argued with old Bart. He'd been around too long and had proved his worth too many times for that. He was a shrewd businessman with an eye for character, which was why, once she'd completed her MBA and an apprenticeship under her father, who ran the Chicago store, Diandra had been named a vice president of K-Corp and put in charge of the Washington, D.C. store. She'd been only 27 at the time, but she'd shown the kind of drive that Bart liked. In the five years since then, she'd successfully rejuvenated that branch of Casey New York that had begun to stagnate. Gregory had the trend-setting New York store. His job was to keep it in the forefront of high fashion, and for the past ten years he'd succeeded admirably, so much so that Diandra knew he had something up his sleeve. She also knew what it was. He wanted San Francisco. For two years, old Bart had been making noises about opening a branch there. Those noises had consolidated into a single loud signal when, two months before, he'd set an advance team to scout locations. He hadn't yet decided who would run the store, though, and that made for lively speculation when his back was turned. Some said that Greg's eldest cousin, Brad, would be the one. He'd had the Beverly Hills branch for twenty years and knew the West Coast like the back of his hand. Some saw Diandra's Uncle Alex in the post. He'd done well with the Boston store. And San Francisco was like Boston in many respects, so they said. Some figured Greg's mom, who had guided the Palm Beach branch for nine years and had the kind of quiet class San Francisco demanded. Not many earmarked Greg for the slot. He was New York through and through, the epitome of the urban bachelor. So even apart from the problem of who would fill his shoes at the New York store if he went west, there was the matter of his seeming love affair with the Big Apple. Only Diandra knew. She could see it in his eyes each time the subject of San Francisco arose. She could see his hunger. She recognized it because she felt it herself. She wanted that store, too. She wanted a new challenge in a new city. She'd done what she'd set out to do in Washington, and though she loved the city, there was nothing and no one to keep her there. Knowing that Greg wanted the assignment made her desire it all the more. For years she'd sailed first mate to his captain, earned magna cum laude to his summa, walked in his wake and swallowed water. She'd never again make the mistake of letting him lead her into a labyrinth, but neither had she paid him back for that stunt. She didn't like him. His presence in a room was enough to set her on edge. He'd caused her years of torment on the deepest levels. And if the San Francisco store was to be the great equalizer, she had no problem with that.
Her first thought when she'd received her summons from Old Bart the day before had been that he wanted to talk San Francisco. She'd flown to Palm Beach with her hopes high. But Gregory had been there. His presence had scotched the idea that Bart would hand her the store on a silver platter. Either scotched it or boded ill. Lest her frustration show, she concentrated on greeting Bart, for whom she felt a legitimate fondness. Though slightly short of breath from her dash from the limousine, she was the image of grace and control as she approached the old man with a smile. Ever the gentleman, despite an eighty-four-year-old body that made physical movement to trial, he stood for her gentle hug. I'm sorry to keep you waiting, Bart. The plane was late. So Isaac said, Bart replied in a low, grovelly voice that could tear grown men to shreds. Isaac was the chauffeur. He was well-trained to report on delays. But there wouldn't have been any problem if you'd come in last night, as I'd asked. Last night was the Cancer Society benefit to the art...